How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's good. It's net good. Net good? That's good. On the alignment chart between evil, neutral, good. My day was going to be evil, but then I did a good deed. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I was about I mean, to commit evil against work who was keeping me late for a thing that is stupid and should not be my responsibility and should have been mm. thought about ahead of time. Um, but Castlevania Nocturne dropped today, and mm. I've been just feeding myself those episodes throughout the day. So, Right. And this is the... Uh, uh, it's on Netflix, right? The continuation yes. of the Netflix series? Yeah. I think Netflix is going to have ownership or rights of that for a while. Nice. That counts for this episode, you know, month in gaming. But some people don't realize this. Castlevania was actually a game. I found this out because Psycho Mantis will call you out for it if it's on your memory card in um, Metal Gear Solid. So that's how you know it's a game. Which is based off the manga. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, it is crazy how prolific um, Castlevania has become. Mm-hmm. It's just so many people know so many. I mean, so many. It's probably like three songs everybody knows. One of which right. is obviously Bloody Tears. Um, but it slaps. And I've heard so many good covers of it from bands over the years. And other oh, yeah. artists and people making electronic stuff. It doesn't Catchy. hurt that like the quality of content for for video games specifically something like castlevania is far higher than it was in the past right you like you go back a decade or two and it's very much like we're kind of just doing a cash in sort of thing and a similar way people would make like like action figures and toys like that for popular media they're mm-hmm. like how do we get money out of this thing asap like no we don't want to spend a ton of time in development just get it out the door we're just taking people's money it doesn't matter how much they like it right like <laughs> and then uh then castlevania is like a really good show yeah it's super entertaining um i'd say it's been kind of on par like at least thematically like mm-hmm. I still have good, interesting characters, dialogue, There's animation. There's vampires. Um, no, it doesn't seem as deep overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think they have eight episodes out, which I assume is the season. So maybe they will do more with those characters in the future and kind of go deeper into it. But right, setting aesthetic's been very cool and fun. Yeah, it has a lot to live up to. Because yeah. It's that show's been kind of all over the place and very adventurous everywhere it goes. Um, so I'll have to give it a look. See, I'll have to I'll have to do the uh, the re up thing because that's pretty much the way I think I'm I'm gonna handle subscriptions for the most part going forward. We talked about it I think in a previous episode, but I don't want to keep like ten subscriptions going forever. Yes. It's gonna be like. This month, we're going to watch the whole thing because we're going to be here for this month, right? Yeah. Um, like, I want to go into the model of, like, when I go to a grocery store, they're like, oh, do you have, like, our discount card? And I'm like, not yet. And then I turn around uh, in place three times and I'm like, all right, I've 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 been a member all along. I'll take that discount. Uh-huh. And then I tear right. up the card in front of their face after the transaction. I'm like, yeah. never again. Never again. 
they're like a minimum wage employee. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who's 16 named Tyler who's just kind of like looking around like, what do I do with uh-huh. this customer? <laughs> I'll see myself out, yeah. Um, although yeah, minimum it's... wage would actually be really bad right now. I realized as I said it, minimal, minimal wage would be nothing in our home <laughs> state of PA. I think because we have federal, so it's like seven twenty-five. I thought it got moved up. Did it get moved up? I it's been a while. Thing to push it for fifteen dollars, and I followed it for a little bit, but again, it's uh, seven twenty-five. <laughs> oh, it's still seven twenty-five. Okay. I know certain places do offer a closure to fifteen. Yeah. There's I uh, Google saying that there's legislation to increase it and some of it passed like the house but none of it looks like it's taken actual effect so okay there's the two weeks where we cared about it and then something else happened and then yeah someone influential disagreed and yeah and then no one... some good points we shouldn't pay them more <laughs> no one no one makes 725 if you make 725 you're actually being robbed um especially to deal with dave's supermarket shenanigans so where I constantly rob people, <laughs> leaving a trench coat. I've always been this size. No further questions. I've been playing Payday recently, and I think to actually rob a supermarket, like the teller, like the cashiers at a supermarket, would be like a net loss in gas cost. <laughs> at this point, it's <laughs> absolutely not worth it. <laughs> um, could not recommend. But I mean, food prices have definitely gone up. True. Yes, everything has. Uh, but food prices very cheaply. There was um. <laughs> this is this is not about video games, really. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This no, is... no, no, no. I was thinking about it because I was like, I I talked to Dave on the side behind, and we were talking about work from home because we're both in work from home situations. And I was like, I'll keep you apprised of news updates or anything else I get around this because it used to be during the pandemic, work from home was like massive and expanding, and it's been contracting by comparison. And it was something like, uh some crazy almost half of LinkedIn LinkedIn applications were for like the nine percent of positions on the site that were posted for work from home positions. Like uh, it's crazy the amount of contention. So much so that people that are posting jobs uh in some cases were closing them within three days. They're just like gone. Um yeah. and so the natural follow up is those positions may pay less, not the shoe store. Um, and yeah, so that was that's the update just for Dave. If for everyone who tuned out, you can tune back. <laughs> Again, I think it's. I mean, we've I've discussed this point, argued it so many times, but it's so fucking stupid to do something just for the sake of doing something and not because it actually makes pragmatic and practical sense. Mm-hmm. Like, if you ask me to do X amount of work. And I do X amount of work. The other factor should not matter, right. right? As long as it's done within the time frame or whatever the fuck it is. Like if you're like, well, but it's a blah 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 blah, you're stupid. Whatever reason you have, <laughs> you're stupid. Because um, I can easily point out things. You're like, hey, this is a bad business practice that you do. You don't have certain things in place here. Here's where you're burning money. But no, you want to have people in the office. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> if you want to see my face, I'll turn my camera for five seconds. I'll give you the I'll give you a little wave so you feel good about yourself. But like that's all you, you don't need it. 
The other thing that was not stated in the article is um, people's revulsion to work from home or the withdrawal from it is mostly fueled by Dave's aggression <laughs> towards employers. <laughs> They're just like, I don't know, Dave's work from home. He seems pretty dangerous and angry. <laughs> Dude, I... <laughs> I low-key think I have a mild reputation where I don't think certain people enjoy working with me or they're mm. worried that, like, I'm going to pop off. Mm. And sometimes I do, but I think it's, like, with good reason. Right. And it's not like, fuck you, fucking idiot. I'm just mm. like, why are we doing this thing when we could be doing this? Right. Not aggression, but irritability, perhaps. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm very irritable. Then, but you would think that in a work from home situation they would be more happy to have you as a work from home employee because you're less likely to show up to work with a trench coat and like an assault rifle right like <laughs> you'll be fine they'll be fine everyone will be fine yeah i'll be honest my my recent threats of don't go into the office today have not landed the same since uh, the <laughs> pandemic so uh-huh yeah yeah but on the video game front uh threats of domestic terrorism aside um there was a fair fair number of things that uh, landed this month as far as news was concerned. We're also, uh, I was going to say hot off the presses, that's not correct, but we're on the chasing the coattails, we're on the heels of the uh, release of um, Armored Core 6, and it feels like at least in the news cycle, Baldur's Gate is still a thing, um, as well as everything that actually came out this month, so plenty of things to talk about was there anything that happened in this month that uh you want the prestigious position of of starting us off um i think i made a joke at some point that i was going to beat armored core 6 before we ever got to chapter 2 or act 2 of baldur's gate 3 it turned out to not quite be true but it was fucking close it's very close. um just because i i i struggled with one of the bosses for several days um mm. But Armored Core 6, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, Baldur's Gate 3, still going on. So I refuse to watch any videos or anytime somebody mentions it, I'm like, I close my ears and I scream, shut up! Uh So I don't want to get spoiled until I've actually had a chance to complete it. And then I'll be very late to the, hey guys, did you like this one part? They're like, yes, we talked about it a month ago. Uh I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) Um, But that's still going on. Lies of P came out this month. That's true, yeah. I've been checking that out a little bit. It is probably the, of all the spin-off Souls likes that kind of get media attention, I think this one has been the closest to hitting the mark. That's pretty good. Um, the other thing is like lot. Steel Rising just didn't seem to land as much. Um, so there's another one I'm not recalling at the moment. Uh, what else came out? Payday 3. Payday 3 did. I feel like we should spend some more time <laughs> talking about... Um, uh-huh. That launched? Yeah. Question mark. Te- te- technically, yeah. Uh, it is. It's, it is. You know, available. You know play. the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's in popular media or not. But there's this association of like a ship launching and then like being unmoored and immediately just descending into the sea. And that's what the launch of Pity 3 is kind of like. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it just rides the bottom of the coast right down off the abyssal plane <laughs> and that's yeah that's payday <laughs> um, there's so many times where people get excited about games and the more people get excited the more concerned i get if yeah. i get excited for it obviously i 
am very vested in it, like Armor Core 6 and Baldur's Gate 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and Payday 3 was very much a, we'll see how it goes. Right. And people are like, yo, Payday 3! I'm like, I have a bad feeling. And then uh, it has not been up to expectations, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it would be a little bit revisionist history if if he said everyone was full hype ahead. A lot of people were very hype. At least when I was talking about it, I I like to mention that like that some of their previous games have just outright bombed. <laughs> so there's no real reason to expect mm-hmm. that it would be a soft landing. But even with that caveat, it's been a really rough landing. To invert the uh, the analogy. It uh, it's like a parachuter with no parachute, uh, pretty much like straight into the ground, like a, sh- a shooter, if you will. Yes, yes, um, it was a shooter. Um, but to quantify that, it's mostly because it's always online, and for a significant chunk of the time, in the first four or five days that the game was out, it was unplayable, because um, the the people they went with for server hosting just literally could not. Uh, host um, everyone playing the game and it all just crashed under its own weight and was completely unavailable do you know what my favorite recurring story is in games media hmm. we weren't expecting to have so many players at launch oh my god you uh-huh. fucking idiot this happens every time uh, yeah. there's always going to be a rush of players at the start of a game launch but Similar to having like a first bad date or like first bad interaction, uh, meeting somebody, that's what you're going to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, you can remember the launch was bad. You couldn't really get into games or you had to wait a very long time to try something single player yeah. because you had to wait for online server space to try out a mission. Um, and then you get distracted by something else. And then you're like, do you want to go back and play that? You're like, nah, I remember having a bad taste in my mouth yeah. with that experience. Yeah, there was there are plenty of examples about that, and like we were mentioning, it's still a pretty hot season for games right now. So, like, if you were thinking about another Baldur's Gate playthrough, if you were getting into like Cyberpunk or something else, we'll talk about or play or more Armored Core. Like, these are all very tangible, great options, and or like Starfield, whatever. And this game is kind of unavailable. Yeah, a lot of people refunded it. Um, I think I can't remember if it was the CEO or someone else came out on Twitter and was like. Um, it's better to you know play on Game Pass than to refund or whatever. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like that is not a great line to drop. Um, but yeah, it was it was just it was really bad and really bad when people have this perception of No Man's Sky's launch and Fallout 76's launch and freaking um Red Cyberpunk 2077's launch. Like oh yeah. Like these are yeah, and Redfall, yeah, and yeah, uh, most of it was around availability, but people also have other concerns with the game, such as the challenge system, where you only get like certain types of progression, namely infamy, which is what unlocks your ability to buy certain weapons and gear and stuff. Um, that only progresses when you complete challenges, um, as opposed to just doing heists, right? Yeah, where you're rewarded more for pulling more money out of the mission. Um, but I don't want to go into a crazy amount of depth about comparing this game to Payday 2 because I've suggested I've subjected rather other people to it. Um, there are definitely pros and cons. 
and the game seems pretty good when I can play it, is my opinion. I enjoy playing it. But maybe I've just been off the train too long, but like I don't really think for any of the times that I've hopped on to play Payday 3 with people, have mm. I been like, wowie zowie, I'm having a good time. I'm just yeah. kind of like, I'm along for the ride. Oh, the ride's done. Okay. Mm. And that's, okay. I'm also yeah. in like a very muted part of my life. Um, but yeah, like it, certain things feel too, what's the word? Flat or mm. like the edges are rounded off for Payday. Right. Um, whether it's like character design, how the guns feel, I feel like I can't really unlock a lot or do a whole lot at the moment. Maybe yes. that's part of it. Um, I think I think that's valid too. There's there's a lot that Payday Two has that Payday Three like does not have content wise, and it's a slower game, and it takes like two shots with any sort of starter weapon for like headshots to kill an enemy, and that alone actually. Of all the things you can do to judge how your game feels, like that feels bad mm-hmm. on normal difficulty to shoot somebody twice in the head is necessary. Like they're not zombies, right? Like they're supposed to be people. And that just impacts the pacing a lot. But part of it is because they are trying to slow the game down from this 200 miles an hour payday two experience where you're just like going through droves <laughs> of people um but i thought that was more fun from a combat perspective okay and by that i mean payday 2 was more fun and from okay yeah i agree with that yeah, yeah. more so it's more arcadey um, yeah it just feels like there's stuff going on mm-hmm. okay although granted like last time we played payday 2 it felt like pure unfettered chaos where yeah. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I need an adult to kind of drag me by the hand and be like, come over here and shoot these police. I'm like, okay. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so I was shooting adult. people as they, <laughs> as they came up to me instead of like moving the objectives. Um, mm. But like, yeah, it can, it can get really crazy. But it feels good when you actually have a coordinated team and certain people mm-hmm. are on, oh, there's a sniper. We have a specific person with a ranged weapon or a, a sniper with decent sites to be able to deal with that mm-hmm. oh we have somebody with like a street sweeper shotgun who's going to deal with a lot of the jobber cops etc yeah. it really feels like that game and we talked about this a little bit but i've had more time to think about it that game excels in a multiplayer setting when everybody has something to do and the thing that they have to do matters and because of that, stealth is very difficult. <laughs> like, and combat already has all of those issues. It kind of feels sort of one note. It's a little bit bland. The music is excellent, but like you are playing a game also. Um, as gr- great as it would be to just close your eyes, lean back and be like, this is, I'm enjoying this track, this music appreciation course. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's not, the experience I really want in combat and the stealth is awesome for like two people <laughs> but if you're in a four person group it's too much you can't explain you can't really coordinate that many people to do things no heist has four simultaneous uh, objective requirements so like yeah I don't know it's 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 kind of difficult to get into I think as as a new player pubs would be terrible 
But even if you're in a full group of people that you know, I don't know how you ever really explain stealth. Unless everyone's done the mission already, they all already understand it. Oh, I'll just queue it up single player and figure it out on my own. I honestly... This harkens back to where you can't play single player without being online. This is true, yes. Um, You have to wait for them to allocate you space. As of recording, it's a little bit better on the servers. It does seem like you can get a match. Um, And I actually kind of recommend that if you're interested in the game. But there's these are two Venn diagrams. People who want to play the game with their friends because, you know, co-op game, heisting, all of that stuff. And then people who want are willing to run through the missions on their own to understand them. I don't think there's a crazy amount of overlap for every person. So it makes it kind of a harder recommend that I'd like to say. But yeah, I don't know. It's kind of tough to get into if you don't already know some of that some of what's going on in each mission so you know what's crazy this is making back for blood look better yeah and i never had major issue with back for blood um like for me it was close enough to what i expected for a left for dead 3 type mm-hmm. and i understand it wasn't for everybody um but again everybody had the same job of like shoot shit occasionally right. you'd have to do like a minor objective but as long as you were shooting stuff you you would get by fine yeah, um, everyone moved as a you... unit generally in yes. that type of game. Yeah, and like you had some perks, but they were typically minor, and they kind of helped the team more so. Like, oh, you picked—I forget the name of the guy. We called him Lucio, um, <laughs> but you could you could move faster as a group. Cool. Mm-hmm. But again, it was a minor thing, and if you didn't have that person, it didn't kneecap you. It's just right. kind of how you mm-hmm. want to specialize a little bit. Yeah, I think in order to get a everyone doing something at the same time in stealth in payday, you both need every you need everyone at the table to understand exactly what needs to happen in the mission, yeah. and then determine the roles of each person. And like, that would be really cool to pull off, but no one is capable of that when they come in, like to the game for the first time. And so. Yeah, I think a I think a coordinated cooperative game is just a lot easier to get into. Deep Rock Galactic, Black, Back for Blood, anything where it's like people are basically in the same footing or they know exactly what their role is and it doesn't yeah, need to be defined at the start in of the Deep map. Deep Rock, everybody can kind of lightly hit stuff, but there's somebody who specializes in dr- drilling or digging. Yeah. Everybody can jump around, but like the scout has a lot more mobility and can get to higher places easier. Like right. Everybody is kind of on the same level to a degree with basic functionality, but certain people excelled at specific roles. And you're like, okay, I'm primarily going to do that because I'm good at that. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm the explosive guy. I'm going to blow shit up and set fire to my team. Okay, you go do that. Yeah, and there were synergies between them that were well established, right? Like if you're talking about the scout. Like maybe there's a patch of ore really high up on the wall. You can have the engineer shoot a platform up there and then the scout will rappel up and mine from the top of the platform. Something mm-hmm. that neither person is capable of doing on their own, but they have that cool synergy. And Payday 3 hasn't reached anything like that yet. There are some synergistic perks, but there aren't like, I don't, again, I don't want to get too crazy into details for the perk tree and stuff like that. I like it overall. But um, there are very few things that are like, this is going to benefit everyone around you. 
Um, and the one that I saw was like uh, ammo pickups are shared whenever you grab it. So you get full ammo and then everybody nearby also gets full ammo from the pickup, which is cool. But um, nothing like mechanically enforcing this sort of play. Um, but I don't want to I don't I want to end on like digging into the game because I will say my last experience with it was two other people, two other friends were in a heist and I uh, jumped in and was like, I'm just going to hack into the cameras and literally all that I'm going to do here because I'm sitting here eating food in real life, right? I've got I've got a bowl of food in front of me. Everything that I do is just going to be looking through the cameras and looping video feeds as they move through the mission. So like they're like, oh crap, like here's this camera or whatever. And I'm like tapping through until I find it. And I was like, okay, that one's looped. You guys can go. <laughs> and it was very funny. Like it's something that is not possible at all in Payday 2. This entirely passive sort of play, because I didn't even have my mask on. So I was in no danger unless they mucked it up, right? Mm-hmm. Um which they did in the end, but uh, <laughs> we we did all escape. It was kind of close. I love that. That's a really good feel. And if the game could get more things like that, where you go into a map and you're like, I know what my role is. I know what I'm contributing. It'll it'll succeed, I think, but it has a long way to go. There's only eight heists, by the way, too. And that kind of... Bro, that's it, not that a That feels shit. Yeah. That feels really bad, actually. They're better, I will, to give them a little bit of credit, they're better than the Payday 2 heists at launch because the Payday 2 heists are things like Go Bank, which I subjected Dave and Lando to watching me try to go through, and like the basic cash, gold, and deposit box heists and some other things, Nightclub, Mall Crasher, really basic things. They're better, all of them are pretty much better than those, but it's still only eight. So I very much foresee this game is going to fall off the radar and be something people revisit later when it's more stabilized and has a lot more content. I still think they would have benefited from finding some way, and maybe they do have it planned, that would be kind of weird to do later versus at launch, but to migrate some of the existing content from Payday 2 of, hey, we really like these levels uh, doing these things. Maybe we could bring them back over. Hey, I know you guys spent a whole bunch of money on DLC for a game that nobody plays anymore. Yeah. Oh, we kind of brought over your masks. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it feels be... very barren in comparison in Payday 3. Maybe that's because of how much of a legacy Payday 2 had built up over time. But yeah, I would yeah, have expected think... more. Sorry. Um a lot of it they can't move over because they just they they did the thing the same thing similar to a game like Fall Guys where so mm-hmm. much of their content is licensed so like they couldn't meet they couldn't launch with Jacket from Hotline gotcha. Miami they don't have Ethan and Ela uh for <laughs> Payday Three you know they don't have Ron Perlman um as a as a playable character anymore like uh, well, yeah, there's a lot for, of like, stuff characters. Mm-hmm. I would think that some of the levels and missions. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I do. Th- there's there is a pretty big difference. It's a completely different uh, engine, and I will say the engine is a lot better. Although there are performance issues, and they they really should uh, work on that too. The engine is better than Payday Two, but that's not a hard bar to clear. <laughs> um, and uh, so anything that they pour over is basically going to just be recreated, right? Like they're going to have to have new assets, new layout, all of that. Um, but I suspect that's probably what will happen. Like, they, they probably will take that approach. 
It's kind Destiny of the curse. Like, hey, do you like this Destiny One content? Fans uh-huh. go crazy. Oh my uh-huh. god! Oh my gosh! Anything. <laughs> We're just starved. <laughs> um, uh, that's that's actually one of the one of the issues I kind of have with fancier games with better graphics and stuff like that is I don't care that much, and it's harder for them. It takes more time for them to make maps like that, and I would rather just have more maps with cool mechanics and things like that than really nice looking maps like the Nike the the what is it um, Club Neon or whatever in Payday 3 it looks awesome there's music there's all these lights and stuff it's freaking great would I have taken like three maps instead of that one yeah yeah I would yeah I I can also get a little bit lost in the sauce like when I've been playing Lies of P graphically it's been good and i definitely know i'm not running at its crispest settings mm-hmm. but there are times when i can just be in like the environment or like a boss fight and i would just kind of zone out be like there's a lot of pretty detail in here oh shit yeah. i gotta pay attention to other things happening um mm-hmm. so like it does make it feel more immersive and more like that's right i'm a gamer <laughs> right but at the same time yeah i don't need it to be perfect because my eyes, my eyes are going. I can barely see Jake at the moment. And, <laughs> I don't uh, know if that's like, how computer screens work, but <laughs> like, there's very few games I'd be like, "Oh my god, you have to check it out." It's the most pretty thing in the world. Versus, mm-hmm. "Hey, you should check this out. I really enjoyed the gameplay. Story's good. Characters are good. Music slaps." Yeah, I mean, like, we don't use we don't take comparisons from this series this series this much, but um, Dark Souls has never been a <laughs> like high fidelity game. Dark Souls 1 actually looks really bad. <laughs> like graphically so there's there's almost nothing there that really looks good. But art style wise, you might come across a vista, not the operating system, but the point of view where it's like oh my gosh, there's this massive area before me. I see it and because this is Dark Souls, I can go there if I see it, right? Um, and that's really cool. Or the um, uh, Raya Lucaria is what it's called in uh, Elden Ring. But there's the uh, uh, Boreal Valley in Dark Souls, Dark Souls 3. 3. That's burned into my... That is that is a formative memory um, that I can like never forget. Like the first time you just see this awesome looking city and the moon mm-hmm. behind it. That city is full of bland textures, <laughs> let me tell you. Like, when you're going through it, nothing there stands out as awesome looking. Um, but that seeing it the first time is freaking awesome. It didn't take the craziest amount of development time, but it leaves an impression. And I think that's what you should do. That's what you should aim for. Yeah. I'd also throw in Anne Orlando as an example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, what do you want to do? Uh, sunset. Everyone's like, holy shit, the most pretty area in the game. And to be yeah. fair, compared to a lot of other areas, it's really nice. Um, but yeah, like it sets a tone, mm-hmm. and that carries way further than. Did you see the specific uh, pixels here? Did you see that the assets they had for like the fruit? Oh my god, mm-hmm. the fruit assets are crazy. Eh, eh, I don't care. Yeah, I don't need the next crisis, and they let you under. They let you undermine that in Dark Souls One, if uh, you kill Dark Sun Gwendolyn. You're just like, oh, well, sunset's gone. <laughs> it's nighttime now, fool. Like, why would you do this? Your mistake. <laughs> um, These boobs were for everybody. <laughs> yeah. 
uh oh my gosh is it guinevere is it, if you kill it guinevere, is it is, is, that is the illusion it? of guinevere that causes the darkness what do you what happens for gwendolyn if anything he dies <laughs> he dies well he's also maintaining the illusion though that was it they both they both would vanish if you killed i, I guess either yeah okay i'm still technically kind of correct but not from the way I was originally expecting. 90% it. of people are more likely to shoot uh, Guinevere's illusion in the boobs than... Mm-hmm. It's fair. Yeah, it's also like a hidden boss. Um, watch uh, Zuli's video on how that boss mechanic actually works for that infinite hallway. Very cool. Recommend it. Um, anyways, that's Payday 3. I'll, I might talk about it more a little bit in the future if we want to do like a more... I would like to do kind of a little bit of a um, comparison to like Payday 2 when like we've had more time to sink our teeth into it and really evaluate where the game's at because Payday 2 was an episode so far back in our our founding. Um, But I also acknowledge that I'll probably get technical in ways that no one will listen to the entire (laughs) podcast. So I'm not going to subject people to that here. Um. And I'd like to also give it a little bit more of a fair shake. So, later. Uh, that was one of the games that came out. Well, we covered two, right? Uh, anything else you wanted to say for Lies of P? You said that it's it's been a standout so far. And do you think it's on the... Do you think it is a contender to have its own episode? I mean, it depends if you check it out and play it. Mm-hmm. I will say the reason I'm checking it out currently is, one... Had some big interest, and then two, Game Pass, which I'm using right. for that and Payday Three, so get my money's worth. Um, I will say, let me let me throw some high level mechanic stuff at you. Sure. Um, so far, I have not been overly impressed by the level design, though. The more I play, the more intricate things seem to get. Um, gotcha. But as far as like how it's themed and all laid out. I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, the whole aesthetic is very cool. Um, I'm liking the hub area and the characters you get to meet. I'm liking the different progression systems. So basically, um, you have a weapon. Your weapon has sharpness or durability. And like, let's say you're t- blocking a lot of hits or doing a lot of damage. Your weapon's going to wear down over time. Eventually, it can theoretically break. Um, mm-hmm. But the way you sharpen it is you just kind of like take your other mechanical arm and just kind of grind on it and it looks so badass Um, so is it sort of like a a monster hunter like mechanic where like you're taking time in a fight or while going through a level perhaps toggle it on or off Hmm. so like I have started to like sharpen something where like I did a major part of critical damage I have like a brief window to do something whether it's pop a potion or sharpen my weapon. So I'll sharpen the weapon while walking back. I'd be like, do I got to switch yet? And then I'll see them get up. I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'll switch um, what my belt's pointed to so I can have heals up again. But uh, there's that. There's also um, a little bit into it. You can get a grindstone. So Mm -hmm. in that same sharpening thing, uh, I can basically have a specific one where it's always set to electric, fire, poison right the imbuement sort of yes so i get one free per uh touching a bonfire essentially Mm -hmm. so i can just imbue go into a boss fight like let's fucking go um 
So that's a cool thing that they added. Um, also, it has the Bloodborne mechanic of if you're taking hits while blocking, you kind of get like that little uh, window of damage that you can heal back by hitting people. The rally system, I think. Rally system? Called, yeah. Um, there's also perfect parries, which that's how you break an enemy's stance or, mm -hmm. or have them break their weapon. And you can also open up for like critical attacks, which is cool. Also, there's um, the weapons are kind of broke up into two things. There's the blade and there's the handle. The blade is going to determine your attack speed and attack damage. And it might scale off some stat type. Okay. And then the handle is entirely for, hey, here's the moveset you have access to. Gotcha. So you can kind of mix and match and play around with stuff, uh, which has been fun to experiment with. I'm very much going a heavy boy where I'm like, let me slap them once big and we'll see what happens. Pinocchio made out of mahogany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what's cool about the weapon I currently have is it actually has a mode using fable charges. Fable charges is kind of like stuff you build up and then you can use weapon arts with the fable charges. So the more gotcha. you hit an enemy, the more that charge builds up, then you can use weapon arts. I've, so, I've played Charge Blade in a Monster Hunter. I'm following okay. 100%. I know, I know what you're talking about. So there's always going to be two uh, options on a given handle. One will be like, just in this case, I'm playing on Xbox, so I'm just hitting Y. And it's usually just a quicker attack um, or something else. And then your left bumper in Y will do like a special weapon art. So in the case of the one I have, it makes the weapon longer a little bit. But also when it does that change, um, I get bonus, st or I use less stamina when attacking okay. for a period of time. And then if I switch it back, I get a damage buff for a time. But of course, I'm now attacking ah. a little bit slower with a little bit less range. So you're incentivized to swap more often to keep this buff up. I haven't tried swapping more than once <laughs> at the start of a major fight. Because I just like the ranged and the faster attacking option a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm sure there's lots of other things I have not encountered yet. But it sounds like it's borrowing depth from like a lot of different Souls-like games and mechanics and things like that. Have you found that to be um, overly derivative, or is this more of like? an homage or is it just like i recognize that you're blatantly ripping this off but it was good th there and it's good here i mean certain things are very much it is a souls like so it has those things like there is upgradable weapons um there are npcs scattered throughout um there's different shops you can find and secrets some of that stuff is just very much it's a souls game like i'm expecting right. that um, but it very much feels like it has its own personality partially for aesthetic partially um a lot more things are spelled out here versus mm -hmm. the dark souls people we be tell like you nothing <laughs> I, I remember this place once and i tell you nothing else and you have to read an item yeah. description uh there are still item descriptions like you can do side quests where maybe you'll talk to an npc through a window and they'll be like i need you to help me do a thing and you help them do a thing mm -hmm. and they'll give you the, a reward the bloodborne um, yeah <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's been a decent mix of things so far. Mm -hmm. um, I will say my biggest gripe has been for the last boss that I finally conquered, 
I really had to learn and be very patient to learn the fight because I was getting my ass beat. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I was making it harder myself by the way my build is for this specific boss, but you're going to get so much further learning the boss and knowing when to evade perfect parry or like, oh, I can attack now, which I think is true of a lot of Souls likes. Yeah, that's almost the essence of Souls. Is it's like you know or you don't know, and that's the difference between success and yeah. failure. But like in Souls games, I feel like there are a lot of times you're like, I have enough damage and enough Estus, I can through. just trade and we'll probably be okay. Yeah. And that is sometimes not the case, because holy shit. <laughs> uh-huh. That's fair. Yeah, what you what you said here, uh well first first question before I, I segue into something else. Yeah. Um you're playing it on Game Pass. Uh would this be the type of game you would consider picking up if uh, it wasn't available on Game Pass? Or is it still in that evaluation phase where you're like, come back and listen to the dedicated episode. We're not gonna give you the meat and potatoes here in this brief overview. <laughs> um, I would say that I've been liking enough it enough so far. I think I've spent around twenty five hours. So, like, yeah, I could see picking this up full price. It also has, like, some albums you can get and play in the hub area. And mm. I've only found three so far, but they've been good. And I want to find more. But, yeah, I do find myself very much driven towards I want to find the next thing. Mm. So I would say that I am enjoying it and probably would pick it up full price at this point. Yeah, I've got an anecdote of, like, we were getting ready to play, like, Payday 3. And Dave was like, all right, let me just finish this thing and like lies of P or whatever, or the puppet game, we call it so that we stop talking about P. Um, and uh, I was like, all right, this is probably I probably have to play it because if Dave's like not willing to just jump off to go into other multiplayer games, then it's probably got something going for it. Um, so I'll definitely have to give it a look see as well. It's very contentious <laughs> in game time. I understand right I now. Understand. Uh, I'm putting a lot of time into Payday 2, um, but <laughs> <laughs> what, what I like is we can give Jake a backlog of games, and he's like, yeah, 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 I'll definitely play uh, Armored Core 6 or uh, Paper Mario or Yakuza, and he's like, yo, Payday 2 is actually pretty good. I haven't uh -huh. played it in a while. <laughs> We're like, I'm, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm actually the worst. I'm a, I am the worst for it. I think part of it is the psychological like procrastination concept. Where, like, if there's something that you know you should be doing, you're yeah. more likely to do something else, which is how Especially people Especially if do... there's a hurdle, too. Yes. Which is why people who, like, exercise productive procrastination put, like, an arbitrary thing at the top of their list and then just try to convince themselves, like, oh, man, I really need to plant pagonias or something like that. I've been trying to do that for years. And then, like, whatever they actually need to get done, they just put underneath that. So they procrastinate on planting pergonias by doing the things they actually need to do that day. Um, it's a psychological thing. Apparently it mm. works. Uh, according to some people. I don't know. But I don't implement it. So, Or maybe I do, but it doesn't help me because my lower priority <laughs> things are playing payday too. Um, I will say the brain is actually very stupid. Uh, true. You can actually trick your brain to do certain things. I've not tried it too much yet. But in the same way that your brain will be stupid and it will lie to you and be like, you're useless, you're a piece of shit. I'll be like, I know. Um, but no, you can actually just, even fully well knowing that you're lying, say like, I'm feeling good today and I'm going to have a good day, right? Right. And you just mm -hmm. keep repeating that mantra, let's say like three times a day. 
because your brain is so stupid, even though uh-huh. your logical brain is saying, I know that I'm just manufacturing this just for the sake right. of it, there's some other part of your emotional brain in the background that's like, yeah. Uh-huh. And that's fucking crazy. And I need to start yeah. doing that because there's... I would lie to myself for my own benefit. That would be great. Yeah. You kidding me? It's definitely, I, I don't believe there's anything like a secret or something like the secret or something like that, but um, you're 100% correct. Like the difference between faking it and making it is actually very, very close. Um, the thing I go back to is like this one actually was proven, I think. Uh, but if you smile, you're more likely to be happy. Not like people smile when they're happy, that's obvious, but like people are happier when they smile. Which is like what? Like what? 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 What does that do? But it's literally your your brain is like, oh, we're exercising the muscles that we exercise when we're happy, so we must be happy or something. And like it, it starts that loop, and it's just like absurd. Uh, it's it's kind of like if someone's being obnoxious to you, or if they're bothering you or something. If you thank them, or you be polite to them, or something like that, it can actually make the situation more tolerable because your brain starts to like. You're lying to it. You're saying this yes. is a person I don't mind being around or something like that. It's 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 crazy, but that's psychology for you. Um, but I was going to mention, you're talking about like the difficulty of some of these boss fights. This is the segue I was talking about. And I wasn't going to really talk about it, but it, it harkens back to something I read about recently. Uh, Remnant 2, which we had an episode on earlier this year. Um, apparently, the developers for that game they uh fine-tuned the boss difficulty by being like okay can we beat the boss on like a first run through with this um can we do a no hit run of this boss um and they basically just tried to play that knife's edge of like the boss is just hard enough that we can barely do a no hit run or something like that but like kind of presuming that they are the best people that would be playing the game Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I can feel it. I can feel it in the difficulty, especially some of the later boss fights. They were absolutely getting crushed in. Um, but it's all pattern based, and no hit runs would be a bigger thing. Um, I kind of like that. It's, it's a cool, uh, it's a cool like background story for the development process. Um, there was actually uh. There's, there's one other anecdote off of that and we can go back to topics you can own the next one because i'm just chatting a lot now but <laughs> uh for final fantasy 14 they had an apology uh yoshi p um put out an apology to the producer uh because for one of their really hard raid fights savage tier is what it's called um they had their playtest team try to beat it and they're like we really want this one to be tough we got to make sure that like it's it's fine-tuned so we're going to put a lot of effort into it and their team would use buffs, all, all the stuff available in the like for the players. Uh, they would coordinate. They would have strategies. They would beat the boss, and then their standard approach was to increase the boss's health by like one to two percent after they got the boss to where their team could just beat it. Because they're like, well, the the top players are just so much better than us, right? Like we're gonna need to buff the boss a little bit better than what we could do. We'll get to our knife's edge, but then other people will be way better than us. And then legitimately, it was so hard (laughs) that one of the classes, one of the jobs you could call them in Final Fantasy, was like completely pushed out of recruitment. Like they wouldn't, it was like barred or something. I don't know. But they're like, this person cannot be even in our rotation. You cannot fight this. 
boss with us um and so they came out and apologized because they're like we made it so tough that like an entire group of players could not (laughs) participate um and they didn't address it because because of like this kind of uh japanese um humility but if you connect the dots implicitly they're like oh we are not actually so much worse than our player base anymore our player testers did push it to the edge and when we gave it this little bit of a buff it was too much (laughs) so i just love that i love video game tuning very interesting i I think it needs to be done more Mm because when there are titles like anything under neo i understand that it's possible but like it looks so balls hard to Mm -hmm. like where you really have to hate yourself to want to go into it and i feel like it actually does have a lot of cool things but it's just it's so much mechanically where you have to play kind of perfectly yeah versus i don't know i feel like for a lot of these games like liza p you could have somebody who's not as familiar or not like a master of these types of games come in and be like yeah played the tutorial uh beat the first boss makes sense i get it It it's fun Mm -hmm. versus like oh you can't even beat the tutorial boss type thing right the game's journalist difficulty yes yeah because again if you want to have like a decent player base make it approachable Mm -hmm. to a degree doesn't have to be easy just approachable yeah and if you if you want i mean not every game needs a difficulty slider but I don't hate. I wouldn't hate if a game was like the difficulty as we intended, and then easy mode, right? Like um, Liza P. If you would specifically say like, "Oh, this is easy mode," some of your fan base would probably decry you for its inclusion at all. And that's been the the news article forever, right? Does Dark Souls need an easy mode? It wouldn't make the game worse if it had it. Um, it would just be the people who are already very invested in the series and really yeah. wanted to challenge themselves would not use it, right? I would only push against it if it meant, like, you're changing other things about the game. So if you scale down, like, health and damage for something, mm-hmm. like, easy mode, everything's 50% easier to kill, that's 15% less damage to you. Okay. But if you have to mechanically rework enemies and bosses for either end of the spectrum whether you're making it easier or more difficult mm-hmm. i feel like i mean it depends on their uh how much time they have to allocate for that but right i mean i think this is very much in the specifics of game design but the naive approach would just be like reduce incoming damage yes there you go you don't have to change anything else you just take more hits before you die and that way, it wouldn't really add to game development time. You're adjusting one value. Then the only question is, are we fragmenting our player base? Because, you know, you can't have people that are farming on easy mode competing against people who are, like, PvPing until, like, after a week. And then it doesn't matter because the power differential is so crazy anyways. But, like, I don't know. It's interesting. But as I get older, I kind of, like... I don't know. Sometimes I would appreciate an easy mode. I'm I'm the type of person that usually launches a game on like hard cuz I'm like I'm kind of used to western difficulty where hard is like challenging. And then occasionally I get like slapped in the face by a Japanese game that was like, "Oh, hard. You mean masochism mode, right?" Like <laughs> It's like, Did "Oh, you very hard." Spicy? American spicy. American spicy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like and their very hard setting is something like no one has ever completed this actually. <laughs> we didn't even play test it. We just cranked the numbers up really high and left. Um 
Yeah. That's a fun topic. It is. You know what else is fun? Huh. I think we already talked about the Unity thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, they rolled back, didn't they? Some I think they the... partially rolled back. I don't think they fully mm. rolled back. Yeah. But I think they've left enough of a, to again, use the phrase, a bad taste in everyone's malice where like people do not trust them. Um, so I think they're going to like wrap out if they have like an active project in Unity. But then mm-hmm. going forward, people aren't going to use Unity for fucking anything. Yeah. Or a very small base will in comparison to what it used to be. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. From like a certain perspective, I get that they can, uh, I'm looking up the article now so I can kind of be cre- uh, correct here. Yeah, they said, after a week of developer chaos, the company will no longer charge its per installation fees on most indie games. Um, but I mean, you can, you, you can already hit trust with something like that. I don't know why you would jeopardize that outside of just blatant capitalism. Like if you've got the market share, yeah. if you've got people using your engine, why would you have them look at other things? <laughs> right? <laughs> like why, why would you jeopardize that? Yeah. But I don't know. And the thing an is like the fact that they would like, if that was their plan and again, no, no point of this is like, Oh, it'd be fine if they change one thing. There's lots of issues. But mm-hmm. one thing is specifically the fact that they're planning to roll it out in what, January? Mm-hmm. And like there are game developers who are working actively in Unity. It's not like, oh, that'll be done by end of year. No, some of these projects are like multi year things. Yeah. And the fact you're gonna like change somebody's thing entirely and how they're gonna base their pricing model and all these other decisions on like a hey, uh just a heads up in three months. It's like when your your rent for anybody else who rents rent boys unite. Um, mm-hmm. I hate renting. Uh, but I don't buy a house. <laughs> <Yeah. yet>. um, <laughs> but if like they just change that kind of on a whim, you're really just at the mercy of whoever's deciding that for you. And you're like, okay, cool. I guess that's a factor now. And yeah. then you have to kind of react and pivot on that, which sucks. Because yeah, they was... they've never made it less money. I, I want to point that out. <laughs> They've mm-hmm. never decreased rent prices. Yes. Um, to to provide some specification, because I don't think we ever talked about this on the podcast, the initial uh, change was that all games that use the Unity engine will be charged twenty cents uh, U.S. dollars for every game installation once it hits a threshold of two hundred thousand downloads and two hundred thousand dollars in revenue. Um, and what they rolled back is they're like, okay, well, we're not going to have that one once you hit the $200,000 mark. Um, but uh, it will kick in at a, a million dollars within a year. Um, and I don't know how much games make. A million dollars kind of sounds like a lot for for indies. But a year is also a long time, so I'm, I'm not sure. Um, in either case, they want more of the pie of whatever people are, are making with... Um, with their engine and i know uh unreal you know does a similar thing epic and unreal where they're like hey if you start making serious bank if you're really onto something like we're getting our piece yeah and that's fine to have that as like an upfront thing of like hey there's this flat percentage cut we get for you using our engine and profiting from it mm-hmm. but you can't pull the rug out from people yeah and then also not have a system to really enforce that because they were doing it. They wanted to do it off of installs. Yes. 
Which is kind of weird, right? Like It's the stupidest thing. Because sure. I could uninstall and reinstall. Okay, how do you know? Yeah. That's the thing. Like You might not hit $200,000 in revenue, but I could see 200,000 installs for a smaller game. That doesn't seem super crazy. I guess it's a very big game, but anyways. Yeah, it's the changing of the terms that is the real frustrating part and the reason there was so much backlash to it is you think you know a guy. Don't trust companies. Flat out. Yeah. No business. No business. But you know also, a company... I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> also, oh, what were you going to say? No, mine was because it's like way off into space. Oh. Uh, well, um, going with what I was going to lean into, as far as the Microsoft lease... Oh, yeah. Which is a whole big thing. Um, yes. A bunch of upcoming things from Microsoft... One of the things that was mentioned on their couple-year plan is Dishonored 3. And mm. I know Jake is a big Dishonored simp, and I have True. definitely come on board, but not as... Definitely, I'll, I will pale in comparison to Jake's love for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I can ever match it. But I, I did enjoy Dishonored. <laughs> I, but, I didn't do all the DLC, and I don't think I did everything in one of them but okay he's a casual gamer think it all back <laughs> this guy doesn't care about I d- whale bones I did whatsoever one, i did one two and three <laughs> well three is there is no three but dishonored death of the outsider but for the third um game that will be upcoming at some point mm-hmm. are you excited um if oh, you're yeah. excited what are you looking forward to what would you like to see i'm excited with a tinge of i really hope that arcane is not somehow eternally hampered by their redfall performance i i'll be honest i'm not i know that it's two studios and i can't remember which one makes dishonored um but if it's the same one that made redfall i'm a a little concerned i'm hoping that that was a fluke but you know don't upfront trust games wait for reviews don't pre-order wait for reviews go to a previous episode to hear our rationale and all of that um but I mean, I actually, I don't know. I'm actually kind of curious if they could massively innovate on the Dishonored franchise. Because when they came out with something like Deathloop, it largely was taking, borrowing some of those Dishonored mechanics and then putting it in a completely different setting. But it was still pretty much mechanically similar to Dishonored, right? So I don't know if they can make massive changes to the Dishonored formula. Um in a way that uh, doesn't, you know, kind of hamper it. Um, but, I mean, the things I'd be hoping that they keep are things like uh, open sandbox, like multiple ways to approach situations, multiple combat scenarios. So you can have, like, crazy videos like the ones that are on YouTube of people shooting a bullet, stopping time, moving a person into the bullet path, like setting up ricochets with bombs, jumping up in the air, doing stabbing attacks, all this nonsense. Um, it looks really cool. Like, look them up. Um, I don't want to lose that, and I don't want to lose the setting because this Victoria steampunk nonsense is excellent. So the question then becomes, what do they successfully change? What do they safely change? And I'm not sure. I feel like they almost have to do a time skip. Be like, all of this other stuff, this is established. The Outsider died, which was one of the big driving forces. That's not really a spoiler. It was in the game title. Um, and go from there, or maybe he died. It, de- it depends, but you, 
there was a resolution to the first arc. Um, so they gotta they gotta come out with something new, and that's where maybe um, it'll be in uh, hopefully they in excel. Spain. The adventures of, of Jose Corvo. <laughs> yeah, they just you, they do an Assassin's Creed, <laughs> and it's just a different descendant in the end. It's Corvo thing. with an accent. Uh huh. Yeah. But no, it, it it could. I have high hopes for it. Um, but I'm not gonna pre-order it. It'll be on Game Pass too, so I don't need to really. <laughs> Hopefully, I yeah, still have I would... Game Pass in five years, unless they change something. I would definitely want to check it out probably on something like Game Pass because uh, those games have been fun. It's like a nice one and done playthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should be good. There's a, bun- a bunch of other things that were leaked in that and I don't have the full list in front of me. Um, we talked about talking about it and then I forgot. <laughs> um, but I do know that there's another Doom also coming. Um, do you have any interest in the following Doom? Are you caught up on Doom DLC? Yeah. Uh. I'm Doom not. LC, if you will. <laughs> I'm not. I'm definitely not. No. Like, I played uh, Doom 1, Doom 2, and then they're like, oh, here's more stuff about this, and it's the, the Doom guy from Asgard and something else. I'm like, I don't care. By Doom 1 and Doom 2, you mean 2016 Team. and Doom Eternal, and, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was just, I, I love the impression. You're just like, I played, like, the original Doom, and <laughs> nothing else has caught my attention since then. I didn't really like Doom 2's DLC that much, where it was just, uh-huh. oh, we had a couple extra sprites. I'm like, who cares? Yeah. But no, like, I definitely enjoyed Doom Eternal. Because, um, like, they made the gameplay fun. The music's amazing. Love the combat. But I just didn't have uh, more of a drive to check out the DLC in particular. I didn't either, yeah. Like, maybe it is fun. I actually don't know. But I uh, just wasn't interested at that time. And then it kind of just, time kind of passed. Yeah, that's the issue I have with DLC, is it comes out after I've moved on from a game, right? If yeah. it was just there as part of it, I probably would rate it much more highly, but why would it's I come back for to that? Certain things like Elden Ring DLC, when it gets uh-huh. announced, I'm going to take off work. Uh-huh. Why aren't you coming into work today? They announced a game. Uh-huh. Yeah. It. When is that? Years in the future, but it's happening. Uh-huh. You're like, this is your heads up. Um, yeah, I figure I'll probably enjoy it when I get around to playing it, but like, I'm, I would be an outright lie to say I plan on playing it anytime this year, (laughs) maybe next year. I don't know. It's, it's tough. There's a lot of stuff that came out. Um, I'm going to go into rapid fire mode for some of my stuff that is necessary to cover here. And I'm going to skip other things. Uh, Starfield officially came out. Um, but they don't get that much time because they did that little pre-release thing last month, which would mean that it's not gaming news this month. So uh, I took time off from work for it. I think it's pretty good overall. I, I kind of waffle between saying it's like a 7 or like a 7, 5, and an 8. really depends on uh, what type of game you're looking forward to. Um, but in its favor, it's a space game. There's not that many of those that are good. Um, It's Bethesda's least buggy game ever, which is, you know, good for them. Uh, It's still pretty buggy, (laughs) but not not to an extent that they are known for. Um, And overall, I think it's it's good, but I would be fine waiting 
and coming back to it when the modding community is like this is star wars now which they started doing there there was a mod that replaced all of the guards in the first like major city with stormtroopers so we're well on our way so um that's starfield uh what else happened uh phantom liberty and cyberpunk 2.0 i'll be crucified if i don't mention this one by our extensive uh listenership and there it's all one-to-one everyone plays cyberpunk so um I bought it. I bought the DLC. I installed it. And at some point, I'll make a new save. Do you have any intentions on returning to Night City with the fifth protagonist? What? There's a fifth one? (laughs) Well, no. They're just named V. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Slow on the uptake. Um, It's all good. We're over time. At a point, maybe. At a point. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm not really in the itch to go back. Again, I enjoyed what I played. Um, we would definitely be interested to play more at some point when it's less buggy, which it sounds like it's doing a lot better now. Yeah. But just haven't been in that specific first-person space. I will say on, on, on our Discord, which you guys don't have access to, uh, I made a post in our, our games threads about uh, Phantom Liberty, and I posted a video which has nothing to do with the DLC. It's just a brief combat segment of someone doing Unarmed in 2.0, which is like the current version of the game. They released this before the DLC, and it made like bunches of changes. They redid all the skill trees. They added shooting from cars. They have like all of this nonsense. Shoot from Um, cars. (laughs) (laughs) Uh It doesn't sound that impressive because you're like, couldn't you already? No, you couldn't. Uh, You could not use a gun while on a car before. Um, and it's a brief little combat segment and it looks awesome. It has all of like that cyberpunk style that the universe absolutely needs. Um, and I'm pretty excited for it. It's just a very contentious time to be playing games. I'll talk about more. I'll talk about it more. I'm sure when I I get some time into it, but, uh, any, any words of wisdom to end us off in or, final pieces of advice news or otherwise worldly content we can impart on our listeners so i'm somebody who will often just eat to eat to live Hmm. but i think every once in a while you should live to eat find something that you've been like oh no i shouldn't eat that fuck your diet for a day eat something (laughs) nice just don't go overboard with it if you like a little tasty treat like a donut get a fucking donut if you want a smoothie get a smoothie yeah. If you want bacon, have bacon. As I get progressively more high pitched. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, until you get incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like one of those uh station warnings of like uh-huh. uh there's a hurricane in process. Clacks um, an alarm. Ooh, I hate yeah. those. Those are messed up. But yeah, just find yourself a little treat. Maybe you save it for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just have a little nice little something. And maybe even better, share it with somebody. It's true. Don't split that donut in half. Get two donuts. <laughs> Get two donuts. Don't yes. deprive yourself. You say, I got you a donut, and then you give them half a donut. People <laughs> are going to feel robbed. <laughs> so. you, you just squeeze out the Boston cream. You get the middle uh, this, bit. This is yours. Yeah. You get the middle of the donut. And you just give Would them you rather have the Boston cream or the the outside of the donut? Oh a deflated donut. They're both very sad. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of, that's an all-in-one deal. Um my advice is don't separate the Boston cream from the donut. That's my follow-up advice. But if you guys have things that you're looking forward to in next month that you'd like us to cover, 
um, you know, feel free to send in those suggestions. We may even talk about them or at the very least uh, review them and laugh at them in real time, um, as we often do. Uh, you can send in those su- suggestions to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you could join the discussion on Facebook where we all laugh at each other. It's facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. <laughs> Good night. Good night.